Texarkana's longest-running sports talk show, with Zach and the Professor on 107.9, The Fan. Good afternoon. Time for leaving the yard. Zach and the professor here on the fan 1079 104. 104 outside. I thought we were 104 FM or something. No, no. Although I did, I'll be honest with you. So I I, I reached out to uh, the SID from Tamu T the other day, right? Cliff? Yeah. Told him, hey, you get a chance. We'd like to have uh, you know, maybe the volleyball coach madeline back on softball co- i mean a uh, soccer coach don come in here and, and and talk us a little bit before we get ready to start the year so he included me in a group email and, and said yeah uh, chuck from 1029 wants to know if you guys want to come on the air with him do we have a 1029 in this think, market no there is no such thing well in dallas i got a 1029 not i don't know if we had a 1029 no. when i leave here i'm gonna go tune it in there's no 1029 see what's on 1029 there isn't one there's no, uh, that's not where uh, no. some of our competitors reside. Nobody's there. It's an open spot on the dial. Wow. Well, maybe that, that's a sign. It's a sign why I hadn't gotten any communication back from either coach yet. You're like, why would we go on that? <laughs> it no, doesn't even dead exist. Air. Yeah. Even worse than, than that dead air we were on the fan. That, that, that 107.9 is worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Oh, well. It is what it is. Uh oh! You're all st- before you get fired up over there. Uh, we have a short time for three for Thursday. <laughs> Tyler Morton is uh, hopping yeah, in he's studio. To be in here five fifteen. You never know. These coaches all come in early. You yeah. know this. So, um, by the way, uh, looking out into the future, I and mean, he's head coach at Atlanta. By the way, uh, looking out in the future, Wednesday next week, Brandon Lane is going to join us. Redwater. We'll talk Redwater Dragon. Dragon. Football. I like it. I like yeah. the sound of that. Yep. So that's Wednesday coming up, five thirty. Just in case you happen to be a Redwater fan, you're like, when are you going to get those dragons on? Yeah. Wednesday is when it's going to happen. We can get coaches on this time of day once uh, they start, but now the two days are mostly one a days. Yeah. Thanks and, to 104 uh, outside. I don't want to be out in that heat. So no. all of a sudden, an invitation to uh, air conditioned radio studio sounds a lot better. We got air conditioning in the morning, oh. seven o'clock. You come in here. <laughs> All right. So before we jump in there, uh, Max Scherzer today, first start for the Rangers. Yep. Looks shaky. He did. It was Gave up three in the well, first. But if you were watching. I wasn't. I was at work. Because look, I'm wearing pants. Yeah. Well, I'm having to wear pants today. He uh, gave up two bleeders in the first, walked a guy, then a guy hit another soft serve uh, between short and third. It was... It wasn't surgery's fault. I mean, the, you're going to have days when they hit some bleeders on you. They hit them where they ain't. Yeah. And so he was down 3 nothing, and he showed why he's a professional pitcher after that. Uh, 11 strikeouts? Or it, nine? Nine strikeouts. Yeah. Nine well, strikeouts. the deal was, and, and the Rangers could have had a big second. They could have had a big third and didn't get it done. Had left runners on base. Scherzer was shaky again in the second. But... Uh, you know, he realizes he's with the ball club now that can score runs. Yeah, he doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, he doesn't have to be perfect nope. now. And uh, so he gave up the three in the first and settled down. And then the combination of, uh, I know Chapman pitched an inning, Will Smith closed it out. And so, uh, yeah. He went six. He went they six. went seven, eight, nine, game yeah. over. Got so, long balls from Simeon and Garver. Yeah. Rangers win. They finally got the lead so officially they're up a, a game now over the Astros yeah. with Houston playing tonight against Cleveland yeah. Scherzer was like same struggled a little in the first had some freaky things happen to him Maddox came out said you're alright he said I'm fine get back in the dugout I got this 1-0 is a Ranger yep it's what we're watching now what's the number for him of the season what's the number for Montgomery yep Montgomery goes tomorrow yep against the Miami Marlins alright alright so we've done all that yep. It's three for Thursday day. Three for Thursday. Which those of us who are fans of that, meaning me. Because you don't have to do any homework. <laughs> didn't get to have one of these last yeah. week. So it's been two weeks since the threefer. Well, 
I'm throwing in an extra today. One of our three is a twofer. One of our three is a twofer. Yeah. Okay, I guess it makes it a four for Thursday. We're going to start with a a, a business slant first oh. couple ones. Oh, sports business. Love sports yeah. business. I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Yeah. Start with a gentleman by the name of John Muse. Okay. Know this guy? Maybe. Really. John Muse is the uh, the actual CEO of Lucchese Boots. Okay. You're familiar with the Lucchese brand of boots? You. Oh, yeah. It's a high-end cowboy boot business. Yeah, it's a, a little bit higher than my yeah. end. Yes. Actually, used to be an associate of one Tom Hicks. Okay. He's from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, UCLA graduate. Uh, older guy, as I said, he was an associate of Hicks. Yeah. Uh, went into the uh, financial markets and did really well. Okay. And now he's the majority holder of a company known as Nexstar, okay, which owns uh, 200 TV stations nationwide. All right, he's got deep pockets. John Muse. All right, lots of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. This guy, but it's not enough. Well, it's never enough. You keep in score with money. You never have enough. So somebody uh, out there has more. He and his Nexstar company are in a pissing match with, with Directv. Somehow this sounds like it's going to affect you. Well, while football season kicks off tonight. Hall of Fame game. Oh, which, by the way, I was informed the Bananas play tonight as well. Only ESPN2 tonight. Yes. Um, The Hall of Fame game, and I'll probably be watching the Bananas. That's what I heard, too. The Hall of Fame game is on Channel 6 and Peacock, which I don't have. Oops. And Channel 6, I don't have because they're in this pissing match <laughs> with DirecTV. we got multiple Cowboys going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I've got a big old Lucchese boot right up my butt. <laughs> How's that feeling, by the way? Pointed and aimed at me. <laughs> it hurts. A direct hurts hit. Me. A uh, direct blow. Uh, I like it. And by the way, shout out to our, our buddy Fallon, who's got to pass something other than a football these days so uh she's hurt <laughs> we're thinking about you Fallon, as we're uh, talking not about the stone <laughs> you got the stone oh, oh god oh, are, oh, oh more than Fallon. that more yeah. than even thoughts and prayers yeah so Fallon, we're thinking about you uh, don't laugh i've just It'll got hurt if you laugh i've got a metaphorical boot <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh whatever you do yeah, yeah. Uh, the big news in the world of sports, or one of the big news today, is the sale of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I'm emphasizing that. Uh, uh, it seems to be a pretty good investment for our guy, MJ. Yeah, he did all right. What do you yeah. think he spent on this endeavor back in 2010? 2010, buying the, buying the, uh, the, the Hornets? Oh, a million, million and a yeah. half? No. Oh. Two hundred seventy-five million. Oh, oh, 275 million. Yeah, million. Well, I didn't, uh-huh. well, I didn't know how much he was into it. Was he the? Whole, he's not the the whole, yeah. big the whole yeah, owner. He's was the he? majority oh, owner of the? Oh, I didn't realize he bought in. I didn't realize he bought in as a majority. He's, you thought he's bush? <laughs> <laughs> I bought in a little and bought in a more later. The majority he, owner. All right. This is Michael's franchise. Okay. Not two seventy-five. That's a yeah. lot of money. What do you think he got for it today? Well. Well, the Redskins, excuse me, the uh, whatever they are, the uh, Commanders. Commanders went for what, six bill? Yeah. NBA franchises don't go for that much. Nope. So I'm going to go down to a bill. One billion. Three billion. Duh! For his $275 million, he got $3 billion today in return on that. That's going to have quite the capital gains tax hit uh, to it. Know, I don't know what the tax is, <laughs> but he's going to get hit a little bit. You're going to have to reinvest that in a hurry. Uh, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. Wait, 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 was that our second one? No, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. Are, oh, those are our second one. Those are the new owners oh. of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Who are they again? Rick Schnall. <laughs> I just like hearing you say it. H-N-A-L-L. Oh, wait till my last one. It's all about the name. Gabe Plotkin. And where did they get their money? Well, Mr. Schnall's into something we call private equity. Oh, He God. runs a company known as Clayton Dublier and Rice. Dublier and Rice. <laughs> private equity. Now, I don't know. 
that down at a New Orleans restaurant. Yes, you can. Clayton DeBlier and Wright. It's right. <laughs> But uh, if you're not familiar with private equity, what they do is they buy people's companies and uh, either break them apart and right. sell them or sometimes they take a mom and pop and take it nationwide. Like, you know, up in Dallas, I used to enjoy a restaurant down on Greenville Avenue called Snuffers. Snuffers now is everywhere. You know, the El Phoenix used to be a Dallas restaurant. Now it's everywhere. They take them, and private equity puts them on every corner in America and steals mom and pop. Oh, not steals it. They give them a few crumbs and then makes a lot it, of money from Makes it. a lot of money. Right. From, that's what private equity. Now, uh, Plotkin is a hedge fund manager. Are you familiar with these guys? I don't like this already. We got private equity oh. and a hedge fund manager. Now, here's the cool thing. They're going to take turns running the franchise into the ground <laughs> that's where they're gonna run it michael uh, got out just yeah. in time well, this no, the running of the bull no uh they uh they purchased michael shay <laughs> and we'll sell that for a price but, oh my god anyway um, what do you mean they're gonna take turns running it well every five years one of them's gonna be in charge one of them's gonna be in charge for five years and the next one for five years that's the stupidest thing of her <laughs> that's the stupidest thing since jerry decided to be gm <laughs> rick Schneider and gave Plotkin. Schnall and Plotkin about now, to kill now, poor Hornets. If I'm the Hornets, I'm a little nervous when I found out where Plotkin went to college. Now, Schnell's who you think. He's Harvard MBA, University of Penn undergrad. But Plotkin studied at Northwestern. Oh, boy. <laughs> if I'm the player for oh, the Hornets. Oh, boy. <laughs> You know, he names Pat Fitzgerald as the head coach. No, no, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. What's that green? What color is that? Money? No, the color they have there in Charlotte. It's, it's a particular type of green their uniforms okay, are. Okay, I have no yeah. idea what the actual name of but it is. Look ch- it up? They're going to change it to Purple Haze. <laughs> we went a long way for that. Because <laughs> Northwestern's going to come in there and... Harassment, <laughs> as in harassment. <laughs> oh my God! Are you done yet? Or no, one more? Oh, like Schnall and Plotkin. <laughs> Schnall and Plotkin. That's what I may call today's podcast. <laughs> Schnall and, and Plotkin. And finally, a name I just liked this week. I came across oh, this God. name, and you should be familiar. Maybe you know this young man. I doubt it. Francisco. Yes. Francisco Perez. There's a lot of Perez's out there. I have no idea who Francisco Perez I don't know, is. But isn't that fun to say? Not <laughs> really. I feel like Elf. <laughs> Francisco. <laughs> you feel like Elf. Yeah, you ever see you Elf? Want some, you want some syrup? <laughs> Wouldn't mind. You got a side of spaghetti. Oh, my God. But well, what did this guy do? Francisco Perez, uh, as I was talking to Jerry Stanford this week, he's, uh, he's beginning his third year as the kicker slash punter for the Tigers. Oh, okay. So whoever the new play-by-play guy is taking Keith's place, well, every time it's be he, a team effort, apparently. Every time he comes on the field, I would like them to say, Francisco. <laughs> nobody's gonna say that. Well, with enthusiasm. No, nobody's gonna say that. Francisco. See, Perez is kind of a letdown last name for it. We mean it's a letdown. It's a little short. Oh, no. I think Pentameter, Francisco no. Perez. No, it needs to be something more, like Villanueva. Francisco Villanueva. I think Francisco Perez is fine. No, it's too short. It's perfect. It's not perfect. If you're going to be the play-by-play guy and you want to put some flair to it, you want it to be a dramatically long name that you can pull out there. Wah! Think of this. Francisco Perez. Fugo. that gig's still open if you're interested. Is it? <laughs> if I can say Francisco, oh, I'm going to sign up for that. I can't even. For with an extra one. Thank you, Mr. Schnallenplotkin. <laughs> Taking a break. Boy. Sorry I asked for that today. <laughs> it's self-imposed. It was like a case the right in the backside. <laughs> 15 after 5, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan 107.9. We're going to get uh, Tyler Morton in here probably in about 15 minutes. We'll go make sure the door's open. We'll get the coach of the Rabbits coming in next, uh, well, not next segment, but segment after that. You're on the fan.
You stick around. 107.9. We're back in a couple. Welcome back. 17 and a half after five, leaving the yard. Zach and the professor here on the fan 1079. Thank you. you weren't in the car listening to this, were you? I was not. Thank God. You missed his three for Thursday. You know who Schnall and Plotkin are? I have no idea. Good man. <laughs> Styler Morton is joining us live this afternoon in studio, the uh, head coach of the Atlanta Rabbits. I was giving you compliments. You look good today, Coach. I appreciate it. I What's that to, all about? Hey, it's a, I wanted to be uh, look for the occasion, you know. Look really, for the occasion. So, yeah. Man. Look good for radio. Yeah, you that. I'm just on Facebook too, so you know. This is true. You never know. So. Good. Oh, it is. Good point. Yeah. Who do we have on yesterday? No, Fisher was on the phone. Yeah, he looked great. Day we before were. was who? <laughs> who do we have on day before? You asked me like I haven't slept twice since. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, how? This is you're in a different place than we were a year ago. A year ago, we're talking to you. You're just getting this job in Atlanta. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Now you look like a man relaxed, calm, confident. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the experience of going through it for a year and, and learning, you know, what to do, what not to do. And um, you know, good, good staff around me that, that helps. Um, uh Great community administrations backing me, so and we had a little bit, little bit of success. So yeah, you know, a little bit trying to build off of that. Yeah, you know. So, so you, you said what not to do. What's what's a good what not to do lesson you oh, learned? Man, you put me on the spot. Well, you uh, threw that out at me. I sure did. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me let me back to that. Interviews. Yeah, I do a radio show every every Monday during the season. Yeah, down there. Yeah, uh, you do so. a gym. Yeah, I do a gym. Jim Davenport, yep. Yeah. So, uh, what not to do? Well, lose games. That's well, one that's thing you never did not to do, you know? So, yeah. I'll put you on the hot if seat. If you do years, you won't real fast. Yeah, no doubt. It'd be Luke Gutson in this chair talking to you. Yeah. So. Yeah, Those yeah. folks in Atlanta kind of expect to win down they there. They do. They sure do. Now, so. getting started last year, trying to put your own stamp on a program that had had historically a lot of success. Yeah. And had a little bobble of hard times. Yeah. How's that process work? How's that process work for you? Yeah, I think that before I even got the job, I knew that, and like you said, was talented and yeah. had been a contender. You know, um, you always hear about Atlanta's speed. And if you can run, you have a chance. Right. You know, so I just knew it was going to be polishing some things up, tweaking a few things and figuring out, you know, which guys fit where and – coaching a lot of uh, fundamentals and details and I thought if we did that we could immediately flip it and so that's kind of what we did so you're in a pretty tough district that's that's not yeah. a walkover district it's here, not man. and so uh, I know a few years ago when the folks from Atlanta dropped down and thought oh we're gonna feast on uh, class 3a as opposed to being in 4a but uh that district makes it where nobody's going to feast consistently. Would you no, think? it's it is a pretty tough district with Tatum and, and Jefferson. Gladewater's traditionally really good, yeah. you know, and White Oaks had their time. Uh, Sabine had a good year before we got there, so yeah, there's no give me games in that district at all. So, and the region's tough too. It's a tough region with some really quality opponents in there. So, so you're getting ready for year two to start. How how is this different now than it was a year ago? I just think we're way ahead. The kids, the kids know us. We know them. You know, uh, it's a second year in the system. Um, there's still things you got to work out day to day, and there's hiccups and there's bumps along the way. But um, our kids know our expectations, you know, and I think they trust us. And so um, we're not having to, you know, build it from the ground up anymore. Right. So you're not, spe- difference. you're not spending the summer trying to teach kids what you expect. They no, know they what know, you expect. They know. They yeah. know what the standard is, and I think that we've done a good job of being consistent with them across the board. And so, um, you know, like I had a guy, we, we went 5 a.m. this morning, 
I had a tailback not show up, and I, and I got in touch with them. I said, hey, where you at, coach? I'll do my makeup. I'm sorry I overslept. He goes, I'll, you know, you don't have to tell me. I'll do it for, for practice starts tomorrow. So it's not like pulling teeth. Like last right. year it was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> well, you missed practice, so there's a consequence. Oh, there was you know practice today? There's, a, there's, there's a makeup. There's some accountability, right. you know. And now we're not having to fight that battle. Our guys just know. They accept it. They move on and – we rock and roll from there. You know, lots of coaches that go into a new place typically are looking around for what kids can I rely on. And I don't mean on the field. What kids sure. can I rely on in the weight room? What kids can I rely on that tailback doesn't show up for practice on time? They, may, they make sure he doesn't do that again. No doubt. Did you find those kind of kids or did you have a hard time finding them? No, we, we have definitely have some of those kids, that some that graduated, that were good leaders for us, and then we, we have some you know returning starters and um, some of our marquee guys are those guys. you know. And so we found a, a, a handful of them. Um, we're trying to develop more of those guys. you know. So when you have coaches on the field, when you, have, when you get to the point where kids are coaching other kids and they sound like a replica of you and then the accountability that's when you build a program and i'm we're not there yet but right. we're on that road so having the having the marquee guys be the leaders it's got to feel like i'm way ahead of the game if the marquee guys are knuckleheads but they're your best guys you you're fighting internally do i play this guy i know i can't really without him but he's killing my culture yeah i and you know uh, this is not throwing a shot in t- to Texarkana, but being down here for almost a decade coaching at Texas High and Arkansas High, there, we were definitely in that situation yeah. a lot of times. You know, you have this guy who's a phenomenal athlete. You know, uh, when the lights come on Friday night, you know he's going to make plays. Yep. But it's trying to wrangle him the rest of the, the week, you know, and make sure, you know, he's on the field Friday night. So it's been a pleasant surprise and refreshing in Atlanta – the parental involvement is is way more um the community kind of helps govern the kids you know and there's not a lot of you know normally uh, mama will get it straight before i have to right you know and i'm not used to that That's you know and so it makes it it makes it easier you know and if a kid's not accountable uh, i can make one phone call and they're not taking his side they're right behind me pointing the finger saying you do what coach tells you you know we're not doing that around here, and that makes it so much easier. You know, it's 20 miles outside of town. Yeah. My, my wife spent some time in Hooks and, and loved being there. And almost exactly what you're talking about, that the – again, it's not that far away. No. But the difference in the expectation of how the kids are supposed to be – and that doesn't mean they're all angels are perfect because no, they're not. they're not. But it seems to be parents are quick to – at least thump them on the head if they're not living up to what the parents' expectations are. That's for sure. There, that's there's no doubt. And I don't know if it's because it's more of a rural, you know, uh, country district, but it, it's there's definitely a different dynamic there. Yep. So, coach, going back to even when Coach Scharnberg was down in Atlanta, they've always had trouble putting together a schedule where they didn't have to play bigger schools. And when you're trying to rejuvenate a program, did you inherit a schedule or did you get to make this schedule out? No, I inherited that schedule, thankfully, to be honest with you. I thought it was a good schedule for us coming off of 0-10. When you go 0-10, people want to play Everybody you. wants to play you. you. Know? Yeah. Now, when we realign this next time around, I think it's going to be a little more difficult, you know, to find to find some – some uh, games that you can pencil in as as wins, you know. So in your non-district, are you playing bigger schools, smaller schools? Who you got in non-district? So non-district, we open up with the Legion Fields, and to be honest with you, you know when that game was scheduled, they were they were nine and three yep. playoff team, and, and um, they, they were had up. some. They, yeah, they were up, and they had a great senior class, and they had just graduated, and they lost some kids to some schools around that area, and they were they were down last year, yeah. and I think they're still not back where they were at um so open up with them then we play redwater um which you know i think uh, coach brandon lane does a really good job over there um they're structured they're organized i think they do a good job schematically um we're more athletic than they are you know so we give them some problems with speed um and then it's new boston and they're that's a tough team i think that the new ad there um jody littleton's done a good job um they're they're tough kids, um, and it was a it was a battle in the in the first quarter, but we just overpowered them at the end. And then Liberty Ilo will be our toughest one. 
Now, Dawoski uh, said the other day he thinks Atlanta gets up more for L.A. than L.A. gets up for Atlanta. There's that, no doubt. Yeah. Our kids, it's you know, they, they, they thrive for that game. And um, you can see it in how we played them last year. We went to their place, and it was a, ended up being like a 16-14 ball game we lost. Um, we had chances to win that game, and it just didn't, didn't happen. But that will be a battle every year, I think. And I'm not sure that they're not going to be in our district the yeah. next realignment. You know, their, their enrollments really dropped, so I could see them adding – you know, adding to our district. If so, not, are you still interested in keeping them? Uh, yeah, that's a, a game you can't take off the schedule. It's like people in Atlanta expect to play that game. You know, so and it's good for you. It is. It's, it a, is. it's a good you, test for both for both programs. No honestly, it, it's a, it is a good measuring stick for us. Um, you know, I've said this even being down here in, in Texas Grande for a, a decade. Liberty Ilo probably per capita it might be the most athletic team in, in the city. You know what I'm saying? When you when they, when you roll out and see their kids, you're like. Our kids don't look like yeah. that. Even when I was at Texas High when we played them, they looked better than we did, you know, physically. Yeah. And, um, you know, produce, produce two NFL running backs, a bunch of Division One guys. Um, they just can't get linemen. Yeah, that's, that, that's, 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 that's what, what we were talking about with Dawoski. That's yeah. who it was on Tuesday. We, yeah. You can't get big guys. Yeah. You just don't have them walking around. Yeah, and that's, a, that's been a problem in Atlanta, too. Yeah. When Atlanta's been real good, they've had some big linemen, some big defensive linemen. You know, the skill guys are apparently are always there. Yeah, you know, growing trees. It feels yeah. like. Yeah. Well, and it's fam- it's family time. It's bl- yeah, it's it's from bloodline that's been going on for you know four generations no now, problem. and and it's like Dangerfield. You, you wake up and there are a handful of mims all of a sudden that are playing. All right, this is going to be a good year. No doubt. Well, right. you see, is it chicken or egg? Does does that make your track program, or does the track program in Atlanta still still really enhance your football program? I think it's some of both. I think kids love track um, in Atlanta. I think our track go- coach does a great job, Nick Miller. He does a really good job. Um, Atlanta's been good in track for a long time. And I think, like you said, it's bloodlines. And then there's a lot of work that goes into that, too. So, And kids, the community really embraces it. So the, the kids want to go run. They want to be seen. They want to get out there and compete. And it definitely helps your football program. If you had a good track program, it's going to help your football program. We saw it at LE. We saw it at Arkansas High. There's an outstanding track program for years. No and doubt. You could see it on the football field as well. Tyler Morton's in here with us. You going to stick around? Sure. We're going to take a break. It's about uh, 530. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come right back. Talking football with the head coach of the Atlanta Rabbits when we come back. We're going to leave in the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan, 107.9. Welcome back. 32 after 5, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor here on the fan. 107.9, the uh, basically Friday version of our show since we don't do one on Friday. Tyler Morton, the head coach for the Atlanta Rabbits, hanging out with us this afternoon. We had a good chance uh, off the air to talk about one of your kids in particular who's gotten a pretty significant offer. You know, you don't see a whole lot of Division One offers coming to some of the smaller schools. You got one who got one this last week? Yeah, Marquelin Batten. So he already had, he already had six offers: um, Texas Tech, um, UTSA, um, who else? La Tech, but no SEC offers. Yeah. So uh, North Texas. Um, so once he got that one, you know, it was like, and his his phone's been blowing up since. I'm sure you know, he's been been getting, um, you know text from Ole Miss. Uh, Isn't it weird Georgia how it Tech. happens like that? I'm telling yeah. you, once you get that first SEC off yep. of the ball, gets everybody running. looks at you now. Yeah. So, you know, he's a kid that, that he played some tailback last year. I think he had about uh, 70 carries and about 700 yards. But we had two senior tailbacks that signed Division two scholarships, and he was playing full-time defense. But it was a deal where – uh, every time he came to the game, touched the ball, it's a sixty-yard touchdown. It's a fifty-yard touchdown, Jeez. and we're like, that guy needs the ball. Right. You know, I think the a couple games we had some injuries, and he had twenty, you know, eighteen, twenty carries. And he's rushing for buck seventy and three touchdowns. So it's a tough problem to have, coach. Yeah, it's a tough problem to have <laughs> for sure. So I'm telling you, coaching is it, it matters, but if you don't have players, you, you know, you can be Bill Belichick. If yeah. you don't have any players, it doesn't matter. Do, do you like – I'm sure you do. It's a stupid question to say, do you like, but the impact that a, having a D1 kid getting offers from an Arkansas has to flow through the rest of the roster where kids are looking around going, hey, you know, I was just as good as he was in seventh grade. If I work a little bit more, I, I may be getting this. No doubt. And we have some other guys that uh, have some Division two offers and stuff, and we think a couple of them are Division one guys. 
Um, our quarterback, Peyton Harrison, we think is a Division One guy. Uh, he doesn't have the offers yet, but he's only going to be a junior. Okay. Um, and we're going to oh, open yeah. the offense up a little bit. Uh, open the offense up a little bit. And he's uh, looking for him to have a big year, too. So. Well, with all these running backs, yeah, why ever pass? Well, you know, <laughs> nine-man boxes. They figured out that last year. Ran our head into a wall for about 11 games. Are you talking about sending your quarterback across the line of scrimmage on design plays? Possibly. Because, you know, Barry Norton believes that's a cardinal sin. <laughs> yeah, ain't no doubt. <laughs> you better I, I, not yeah. let him know you're doing yeah, that. I was going to say, no. I, I thought you were from that coaching tree. Uh, I am from that coaching tree, and we're, we are defense first and probably always will be. But I know that if you look at uh, big-time games, typically quarterback play is a deciding factor in who wins. Playoff games, NFL playoff games. Well, as a defensive guy, you realize it's the hardest thing to defend now. Yeah, right? you know, like last year – first nine games we're giving up 8.5 points a game on average yeah. we had a great defense and we run into tatum game 10 we give up 60 we score like 40 38 or 40 but we got to be able to score points at some point right. you know so it's tough to do that running iso every play you know so we have to be able to you know be multiple and have some different elements how long did it take you to come to this place where you feel comfortable saying that not long you know because i I know how hard it is to defend offenses these days. Right. You know, I, f- I think we're built to defend spread offenses. You know, the flex bone is something hard to get ready for in a week. But just in general, you know, the game is more geared towards, you know, offensive football, you know. And if you can't score, it, the, the days of, you know, the old goose egg is uh, – they're not there, they're not over, but they're, it's tough. Right. So, is, is it harder coaching you, – you, you've been at Texas High, pretty good size 5A – now you're down in a three. Is it harder coaching it in a place like Atlanta just because of bodies? Yeah, I think it's much harder because, you know, you never had an issue um, in team settings at Texas High. You know, when you roll 120 kids out there or whatever, everybody's getting work all the time. And you're trying to balance – at Atlanta, you're trying to balance, you know, getting in shape, getting the reps you need with not killing these guys and being fresh on Friday night. You know, when you have, you know, 60 to 80 kids, 9 through 12 – um, it's really uh, trying to fit the puzzle. And you're cross-training guys at spots. You know, defensively right now, we've got guys that are playing nickel and they're playing safety. We've right. got guys that are playing Mike and Will. Guys that are playing, like Batten is playing tailback and Z. And he's playing safety. And he returns kicks, mm. you know. And so it's it's harder. It is harder. Yeah. Well, just from sheer numbers. Yeah. Now, you, you said you had about 30-ish on the, on the about varsity? About 30 on the varsity. How yeah. about sub-varsity? How many do you have this year? We'll probably have – you know 40 to 50 we're hoping to have two teams we had two okay. teams last year we had a freshman team and a jv team we're hoping to to do that again it's we'll important see how... to have both those isn't it it is because kids get to play right you know kids don't want to come out and practice and stand on the sideline no you know they so, don't blame them it's 104 you know, out today <laughs> no, no doubt so uh, having two teams allows you to play more kids develop more kids right you know so we're trying to do that so you mentioned five o'clock. Is that is that the deal? Yeah, now? we're going early in the morning because of how hot it is. Yeah. You know, so uh, is that stadium lights on? It is. Yeah, last the last three mornings have been five a.m. The first two we went at seven thirty, but then professional started for some of my coaches, new yeah. teacher stuff, all that, and. Um, that's that's only cross country kids are well, usually you know, forced to do that. Coach, speaking of of Barry Norton, I come from the regime where you know you get there at at six thirty or seven and you don't leave till ten. And I don't think that's always necessary. You know what I'm saying? I think that Coach Norton had a good formula. Obviously, he won a bunch of games. But, you know, I'm not going to run my guys into the ground, just run them into the ground, you know. And I think for the players, too, you're you're more fresh. Um, get in the morning, knock your workout, watch your tape, lift, and get out of there, right. you know. And then my guys can go to PD and, and leave at 3.30 like everybody else, you know, so – it's it's a different mentality, and it there's is. no right or wrong. Yeah, the older guys like Coach Norton just loved it. It's not to say you don't. Yeah, but they just were obsessed with it. It's a 24 hour thing. Football's on your mind all the time. I think we've started to see younger coaches realize you know, there's other parts to life than football well, all the time. Well, you know, and I think that's that's uh, technology's a factor yeah. in that. You know, it used to be where you go to watch tape, it's one reel. Everybody has to be in their room together to watch it and. You know, there's no software to break it down. It's a different game, right. you know. And I think that I want my coaches to be able to have, a, you know, a family life, a faith life, if, if they so desire. Football is important, but it's not everything, right. you know. And it's not everything for me. And so um, 
you know, I, I don't care if I'm a five-time uh, state championship coach and my little girls don't know my name. Right. You know? No, that's so, right. That's a great point. Yeah. Any new guys you got on the staff this year? Yeah. Uh, we have four new coaches. Wow. Yeah. So I had some turnover. Uh, coach Harrell retired on me. You yeah. you finally let Jeff Harrell retire. Finally let him retire, and he's going to be sorely missed. You know, you know? In, in everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. He's just a great guy. Great guy. Uh, great man. Great coach. You know, you never have to worry about anything with Jeff. He's going to handle his business. He's high character. He cares about the kids. Kids love him. You know, and, um, you know, I would argue to say between him and Coach Norton, those two guys have done more for kids in Texas Canada in the last 20, 30 years than anybody. Yeah. You know, no, I wouldn't argue that. And, um, so, coach, coach retired on me. I wish him well in his retirement. I'm hoping that he, he retires for about six months. He says, "Man, I can't do this," <laughs> and I'll hire him back tomorrow. So, well, if he can lay out a year, yeah, he can come back, no doubt. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I hired two um, young coaches. Both played at Gilmer, okay, in high school. Who'd you get? Uh, Cameron Cuevas is okay. one of them, and then Jordan Johnson. Cameron played college uh, football at UCA in Conway and Jordan ran college track in UCA in Conway they're best friends nice and they're coaching my defensive backs nice one's coaching corners one's coaching safeties and I think the highest compliment I got from you know talking to Alan Metzel and mm-hmm. um, Matt Turner the trailer boys is they're high character they're straight lace hard working guys and so if, if if you give me that Whatever else they don't have, yeah. they can learn, That's you right. know. And so I hired those two guys. I hired a guy named Robert Bennett, who's uh, from Liberty Ilo, coached there. He's coached at uh, Paul Pewitt. He's coached at Spring Hill. Um, he's coaching the defensive line. And then hired Logan Simmons. Um, his dad, Derek Simmons, has been a head coach in the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Linden, been an offensive coordinator at Jefferson yeah. and Atlanta, and I hired him. So four new faces. They've all done job you like having young guys on the staff like that? i do you know i think they're hungry yeah. you know um you can't replace experience like jeff harrell no. you know but um i think the energy's good they relate well to the kids you know and sometimes there's a barrier there you got to teach them hey you're not the kids right. not these guys necessarily just coaches in general no, young guys yeah, especially. yeah hey you know there has to be a barrier um but they do relate well so and two guys from Gilmer, what a marquee program. Yeah, no kidding. You know, they, know, they know what it looks like to be good and to work and to expect success. And I think it gives them instant credibility with kids. It does. Like you guys played at Gilmer. Not yeah. that Gilmer's the be-all, end-all, but around here, Gilmer's been among the most successful programs the last yeah, 20 years. Yeah, it's a marquee East Texas Yeah, they program. and Carthage have been, you know, everybody knows them if you've been around here. That's, that's for yeah. sure. Well, you mentioned a while ago that you're uh... – your kid, who's been offered by Arkansas, got offered early by UTSA. I, I, I think Coach Trailer's figured out get on these East Texas kids early. Be, well, he be knows, one of the first guys. Yeah, because you know, and the story behind that was Kurt Trailer is the one who recruits our area. You know, Jeff's brother, who's right. the, the offensive line coach, great guy, easy to talk to. And um, when we finished the season, we finished highlight tapes, and uh, I just texted out to him, sent it to him, said, "Hey." Look at this guy. He's about to blow up. Um, he has one, you know, uh, FCS offer right now. The first offer was Austin P. University. They offered him. And uh, he watched. He's like, man, he's, he's just different on tape. And he said, you put your name on him? I said, yes. He goes, all right, he has an offer. Bam. Like that. Wow. And so they offered him. And then Texas Tech was right after them. And then it started coming in. So Well, that's credit to you. Yeah. I mean, on, honestly, no, it's credit to you. When 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 a guy at a, at a university can say, you put your name behind this guy, and if you say yes, that's good enough for them, that's a pretty big compliment. It is. And and I think we do a good job of, of working for our kids. You know, I know a lot of these kids, athletics, for some of us, their only chance to get out of Atlanta yeah. or Texarkana or whatever. And um, if you're not an advocate for them, if you're not hunting up offers for them in a future, then nobody's going to. So we try to, to – that's as big a part of our job as coaching on Friday nights is helping these guys move on to bigger and better things. You having a fight to keep these kids in the classroom doing what they're supposed to do? Not really. You're good? No. Yeah. I mean, we have, a, we have some hard conversations sometimes, but for the most part, our kids, it takes one – day of field work and it's i got you coach <laughs> i like that so, field work yeah that's what our makeup is so if they right. if they miss practice they do 200 yards of field work so that's a up down every five yards for 200 yards that's a pretty good attention game. yeah you're right and then you know they know if if they get a uh unsportsmanlike personal foul it's a thousand yards Ooh. 
So we had a lot less of those last year. I bet. You know, a couple of guys did that. The guys were watching that, and they're like, I'm not doing that. No. So it makes them accountable, you know. You're scouting your own team. What, what do you need to be better at this year? And don't say everything. You know, I think that um, on the offense and defensive fronts, we got to grow up, which, you know, crazy story. We, we rolled into fall camp last year with this projected lineup, you know, and then we get in there and we have – some guys that, that don't pan out. We pull a freshman up who we didn't think was going to play any football. Hurt, hurt his knee in the offseason. Started 11 games at left guard. Wow. Nate Hernandez. Wow. We had a JV, what we thought was a JV tight end. Ty Walden comes in and starts 11 games at center. We moved those guys from JV to varsity the fourth day of camp, and they started 11 games for us. There and now go. they're two-year starters. Yep. They're a year older. They're a year bigger and stronger, more savvy. Um, so I think we're going to naturally be better on the fronts, um, on the offensive front. Defensive, our defensive front is young. We we lost some quality players on the defensive front, especially the line. Um, we've got to be better in the trenches. The games that we lost, we got bullied in the trenches. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the skill guys; it was getting overpowered. You know, so get big. And I think we're bigger and stronger from the off season. I think our kids have embraced the weight room, so we, we've done that. We just got to put it into action now. Did you do some seven-on-seven seven this year? We did. Yeah, we did some seven-on-seven seven with some different schools around here. Uh, we didn't go to the qualifier or whatever, or state qualifier we were going to, and then we had some stuff come up with the quarterback, still in baseball and all right, that. Right. And so, um, yeah, and we and we do inter-squad seven-on-seven seven in the summer to get work. So there you go. our guys are pretty honed up. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to That'd be a great year, Coach. I, 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 as I'm listening to you talking about some of these kids, you got a kid you're rooting for that you're thinking about, you know what, of the kids. And this may not be a star. This may not be a kid who even plays a whole lot for you, but is there a kid that you're looking at going, you know what, I'm really rooting for this kid this year? Yeah, we have a really cool story. We have a kid um, on our team who um, has had eye cancer in both eyes. Mm. And he, he may not be a two-way starter for us wow. at left guard and three technique. Marcellus Kirk is his name. Great kid, big kid, 6'3", about 285 pounds, and didn't play football until like two years ago because he had all these surgeries. He's headed down to – he's going down to St. Jude's. Right. He's, and the kid it loves football. He's a great kid. You don't have to worry about his academics. And I'm really rooting for that kid. And I think, I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Nice. So, yeah. Excellent. It's great seeing you again. Good to see you, Chuck. Tell you what, it's great hanging out with you. I know we're not going to get a chance to now because you're about to get busy and we won't uh, we won't be on your menu at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. But we wish you very much the best. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we're talking about week 13, 14, 15, eh, maybe 16. We hope so. All right. You know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's Tyler Morton. He's the head coach of the Atlanta Rabbits. Great seeing him again. We're going to do it again next year for sure. Sounds good. All right. We'll take a break. We're coming back in a couple of minutes. Leaving the yard, Zach and the Professor, here on The Fan 107.9. 7-9 The Fan. Weather forecast for the four states. Mostly clear tonight with a low of 82. Sunny and hot tomorrow with a high of 102. Heat index values as high as 115. Clear tomorrow night with a low of 80. Come to our next live road show this Saturday between 10 and 1 at iFurniture 3224 North State Line. If your six-digit combination opens the cash vault, you'll win $50,000. Feel the calm effects of nature. Take a deep breath. Welcome back. We got about uh, nine minutes till 
Six o'clock, leaving the yard, Zach and the Professor. I'm uh, real quick looking at the Corn Ferry Tour. Zach Fisher told us yesterday he's teeing off today. He's got work to do today. Two guys shot 63s today. Well, he mentioned that yesterday, that if you don't shoot low on that tour, mm. the, the places they play, yeah. which he mentioned predominantly in the Midwest, uh, guys go low every week, and if you don't go low, then you uh, you don't cash checks. Utah Championship. Yeah. That uh, probably... Thin air, ball moving, and two guys already in the clubhouse at 63. Zach's even through two. He's just getting going. Hopefully he'll get it going this afternoon for sure. Well, we hope so. All right, moving on. Hall of Fame game tonight. Yes. Cleveland, New York. It's more about the pump than it is the, uh, the play. A lot of pomp and circumstance. Well, yeah, it's a small little stadium in Canton, Ohio. Yes. There's not that many folks that are going to be. If you're going to the game, you're probably going to be for, there for the ceremony yeah. on Saturday. It's a weekend thing. You it's a weekend old. thing. It's not a big 50,000-seat venue. Nobody of any significance, Aaron Rodgers, is going to play in this game. Deshaun Watson. Not going to play in this game. Yep. You're going to see a bunch of guys that aren't going to make rosters, probably. Probably the case for much of it. Chance for their their grandmas to see him play one, NFL uniform one time. Uniform. Yeah. But yeah. we got football tonight. It's official. Yeah. We are now. The NFL season begins in earnest tonight. Yep. So if you're an NFL guy, you get the little the, the, the jitters. Like, all right, we're getting ready to go. You know, used to this was the. Uh, Second game of the year. Well, yeah. Remember Years kids? ago. Remember the first game of the yeah, year? Yeah, the All-Star year? game. Yeah. I was reading an article this week about the 63 game. Packers? Yes. College All-Stars? Yes. Didn't do well, did Green Bay that day. Got beat that night. That's right. Yeah, that, which was about every five or six years back then. Yep. And because a lot of times some coaches didn't play. Now, their best players. No, I'm playing against then, a bunch of rookies. Yeah, playing a bunch of rookies. And for those of you who aren't old enough to remember the college all-star game, you took the best college players and you played them against the defending champion. Right. Well, it's funny today because I was reading this article and uh, Jim Taylor played most of the game. He he kept, as Vince said, well, he kept sneaking back on the field because he wouldn't get beat. Right. And uh, Sure. Now, uh, Paul Horning didn't get to play because uh, he had the year off. <laughs> he had a little issues that summer. He and Alex Karras yes. got to spend a year away from the game because yes. of a little gambling. A little gambling issue. The, uh, the quarterback, and I can't remember the guy's name, was from Wisconsin, which was ironic. Oh, yeah. That, um, uh, engineered the upset. Vander. Yeah. Uh, I got to think about but it. Anyway, yeah. uh, Vince said he, he could just just – Pierce that ball like an era. Yeah. Vince's comments were pretty funny in the post-game interview. I've read a couple of Lombardi books, and one of them quotes Dave Robinson from that game. Robinson was a rookie. I think maybe went to Penn State or uh, maybe went to a historically black college. I can't remember which one. But would be a linebacker for the Packers Super Bowl years. And, of course, the, the team had won the championships in 61 and 62. And... Robinson felt like darn right, puffed up. We won, da da da. Beat the beat the Packers, and that was about to have to go in the room with that team yeah, the next week. He wasn't quite as uh, bombastic after sure. the. Uh, you think the Northwestern hazing was <laughs> was bad? I'm sure what happened that yeah. next week because Vince was a bear to live with the yeah. entire next week after losing to a rookie All Star team that you know guys had never even played together and beat the uh, NFL champions. Uh, Robinson did a lot of uh, r- rookie singing, rookie carrying stuff, and Vince got to yell at a lot of veterans. Yeah. But he also yelled at Robinson a lot because Robinson was on the team that just beat his team. So Robinson was led a dog's life on both ends of that, which is well, kind of funny. There's some talent. Bobby Bill was on that uh, oh, team. Yeah. Uh, Leroy Jordan was on that team that was college all-star. Yeah. So they had some talent on there. But uh, you know, it was funny just reading about it. The people cared. Yes. Today you couldn't get. You think agents would let their rookies play in that game? No, no. They would you think never. agents or or coaches would actually let their starters play no. in that? 
Taylor would carry the ball 15, 20 times. Never. never. He would never see the game. Yeah. He'd be sitting on the sideline in his street clothes watching it. Yeah. They'd never put him in. But it was a different world, too. Yes. But we say all that. Preseason game checks for a lot of these NFL guys actually mattered. And getting that all-star game meant another preseason yes. check for guys who weren't making millions yeah, of dollars. hadn't made anything at the collegiate level. Right. And, well, and for these NFL guys, last game they played was the Super Bowl. Yeah. They weren't making this huge yeah. money. And so they got they were hope or, or in this case, the, the NFL championship game back in 61-62. You weren't getting a huge amount no. of money from that. You were working a second job till football yeah, start. Probably had been selling cars or something. And getting a chance to play in the All Star game or the Hall of Fame game got you one extra preseason game check, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't very much money. It was a little extra cash. So I could see where a guy like Taylor probably did try to get into the game to get paid. Because I'm, I'm betting they probably got a little higher pay based on winning the Maybe, game. Probably with some winning incentive. Yeah. But either way, reading an article this week on the 63 game reminded me that you know that used to be the first game of the year. Right. Now it's the Hall of Fame game. It's pretty much just as meaningless. You don't see many of the starters. We might see some of the starters for a series tonight, but that'll be about it. And you think any starters play a series tonight? I think a handful of guys maybe will get in, but it won't be significant play. I would be shocked if a starter plays for either team. Of course, there's only so many bodies. Some guys have to get out and play a little bit. Some are trying to get back into shape from maybe injuries and want to test some stuff, but anybody significant you would figure never sees it and probably doesn't see it till game three i mean to be honest with you they're probably going to be two weeks before a lot of times offensive linemen like they like to run them a series or something sure how much you going to run dak out there would i run dak out there yeah no i wouldn't run dak out there i'm just saying in what preseason game you're ready to play Dak? oh well used to his third game was dress rehearsal but sometimes now it's the second game so i don't know we'll just wait and see and more than that like you play a quarter no, that's, no, that's all. Quarter, that's quarter. all. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to run anybody else out there. Yeah. Stephen A. took off to Dak again this week. It's sport for Stephen A. It's I know. Part of his anti-cowboy shtick that he, he does. can't handle the pressure. That's his problem. We'll see. A lot of talent. When the lights get real bright, Dak struggles. I mean, he's considered to be a top-ten quarterback. He's got his limitations. He wasn't a first-round pick. Cowboys got lucky they've hit on him because can you imagine where this franchise would be had they not hit on him? No. They still might be trying to milk poor Tony. Well, Tony was all right. Yeah. Of course, he couldn't have, you know, couldn't bend over. (laughs) His back was ruined. Well, I don't. Romo just took a lot of beating yes. and would have probably continued to probably had he not lost his position probably and it was a blessing for him and uh, this team would be in bad shape trying to piece together another Romo season whatever. Kirk and company tomorrow we should return to oh the man looking forward to it you better be that's tomorrow morning 7 o'clock no show for us tomorrow back on Monday we'll do it again you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at 5 o'clock here on Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor on The Fan 1079.